Today on Comtalk, we're taking the long road to Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay, what is happening here? Where are we? Glix, give us a situation report. Currently, we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned, our impossibility drive may cause distortions okay. as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in three, oh two, oh one. Hello, Devoted Geeks. Welcome to ComTalk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you're loved. This is episode 89. My name is Dallas. This is Celeste. And we are excited about today. Today. Are you excited about this, Celeste? I am. What is happening today? Explain to everybody what's happening. Today we are delving into the first of a few entries into the kaiju room mm, the kaiju room the kaiju room <laughs> the kaiju room on the ship right <laughs> so we are going to be doing a road to kong versus godzilla that right the, that's the name of it right yeah okay, okay. The road for uh the road to godzilla versus kong I thought it was Kong versus Godzilla. No, that was the original movie. Oh, okay. See, th that's why I got confused. I know it. <laughs> they, they need to... I, I don't know. So just some... some uh, spoilers. Just in case you're listening to this sometime in the distant future, uh, we are going to be reviewing the legendary Godzilla films. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why we're doing that is because the next one's coming out at the end of March. Yep. Godzilla versus Kong, which is a pseudo-remake of... King Kong versus Godzilla from way back in the day. And so uh, we're going to be reviewing these, and um, we're super excited, guys. And, and we're watching, by the way, we're recording this live on Twitch. We have some amazing people on Twitch that are, are talking with us uh, right now. We're going to be re referring to the chat every so often. But the um, one of the things we're super excited about is the fact that um, when we go to review Kong versus Godzilla, because we will be reviewing the original one, uh, we will have Josh Berkey of Victims and Villains. And then Captain later... Captain Nostalgia. Captain Nostalgia. And then later that week, we're going to be uh, on his show to review the actual Godzilla versus Kong. So super excited about that. Hope you guys are excited about that also. But today, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Kong Skull Island. Ba-ba. <laughs> we just finished watching it now for some of you uh, I remember we posted up in our discord which I want to encourage you guys to check out our discord um, um, that we were doing this and somebody had said hey didn't you already review Kong Skull Island did we well I did but you did not if you remember Celeste I had the opportunity to be on the Monster Island Film Vault oh that's right I was stuck on the island for a few months hanging out during quarantine session, and, and while I was there, God, that that's what it was. That's when we got the agreement for you to walk the the kaiju. Exactly. So while I was there, I hung out with Nathan, the the curator of the island of the film vault, and we talked about the movie. And if you guys want to hear and more in depth, and I'm telling you, it's a far more in depth review than what you guys are going to get today. Yes. Um, if you want to hear that review. Uh, check out Monster Island Film Vault. There'll be links in the description of this podcast and on our website. 
Um, but uh, Nathan's a great guy, loving the death. Uh, he's doing some amazing stuff over there reviewing. Uh, last year he did all Kong, uh, King Kong movies, <laughs> almost said Kung Fu films, and uh, yeah, that's February. <laughs> that's February for us. And uh, but right now it's the year of Gamera, where he's reviewing all the Gamera films, and he is crying in his soul right now because it's a turtle. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if anybody knows that. that. Spins. Gamera's a flies. turtle, <laughs> and it farts out flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh my gosh! In, in our chat here, Stellcast Gaming goes Kung Fu. <laughs> that would be awesome to see uh, King Kong in a martial arts ski using like Ji Kune Do or something like that. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> so, uh, but we want to take kind of an interesting approach um, because we want to prepare people for the next film because it's a big deal. Like this is a big film that's coming out, but this universe is so, so massive. And if you've only watched the movies, you've missed a few things, right? Right. So Which I've only watched the movies, so I was kind of confused when we went through the timeline. Right. I've read a couple of the books. And so we're going to give you guys real quick, we're going to break this up into a few sections today. We're going to talk about kind of the, uh, the lore before Kong Skull Island. And then we're going to talk about what the actual film's about. And then uh, after our break, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite aspects of the film mm-hmm. and whether or not we can recommend the film. Because that, that's the question that's asked sometimes. Yeah. So um, here we go. Um, we're going to take you guys all the way back. I feel like there should be some dramatic music that comes up. Y- you would be the one to put that there. <laughs> Once upon a time in a land far, far away more like Earth, ancient days. There was a race of titans that rose and conquered the land. And one of them was Titanus Gojira. And (laughs) I think that's what they're calling him. Although Nathan, he says that the official name for Godzilla's breed is Godzillasaurus, which I kind of like Titanus uh, Gojira more. How about you, Celeste? Um, It sounds more official. Mm -hmm. Godzillasaurus just... Sounds like they put a Saurus behind his name. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, there was um, several species that walked roamed the earth. And so um, there was the meteorite extension that took place. And when that happened, Godzilla went underground because it changed the radioactive atmosphere that was around. And so he went underground because Godzilla, you know, he survives off of uh, radiation, basically. Yeah. He goes nom, 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 nom. Right. And um, so over the, in their, in their, in this universe, Millennials, um, he pops up every so often. He comes up and he fights Monster Zero at one point, which is King Ghidra, who we will talk about in another episode. Uh, is it Ghidra or is it Ghidorah? King, I've heard both, um, and I invite my um, my Godzilla fans who are uh, far more into us, like Godzilla uh, um, experts, to correct me. Um, but I've heard Ghidorah and Ghidorah. Because Gid- Ghidorah mm-hmm. sounds like like somebody's uncle from out in the woods is trying <laughs> to say Ghidorah. Possibly. Possibly. So Cellcast is saying it's pronounced Ghidorah, which I've heard often also. So it could be right. I'm going to, I'm going to lean into Cellcast gaming for this one. Um, 
Because at the moment, they are more knowledgeable than us. At the moment. So, um, so I mean, he fights Ghidorah, and that this is where Ghidorah ends up actually encased in ice, um, which is what, again, we see in a later film. Uh, throughout history, Godzilla pops up here and there. Uh, apparently, he has some run-ins with the people of Atlantis, and the people of Atlantis actually see him as a protector of sorts. So we flash forward now up to 1943, the, the Lawton incident, which is a... Um, you, you see references to this in the first Godzilla film that came out here in the States. Um, and they also reference it, um, in this movie, Kong. And it's a, the Lawton is a, is a ship that seems to have been attacked. Now there's some dispute over who attacked the ship. It could have been Godzilla. It also could have been a creature that's later known as the Shinomura which is a, um, it wasn't actually, I didn't know this until later. It wasn't just a singular creature, but it was a swarm of creatures that mm-hmm. operated as one being. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is, is that related, the Shinomura related to the Mudo? Well, it, there, Mudo is a general term that Monarch created. Oh, okay. Yeah, which gets us to um, the 40s uh, in the timeline. In 1946, because of, of Shinomura, because they're, the guys that was dealing with it, Truman starts Monarch, which is an organization that is set out to uh, basically um, discover what these creatures are. Yeah. And um, so um, so 45 to 52, Godzilla is fighting Shinomura in various places. In 46, they have everything come up. And then... Um, in the 40s, in uh, late 46, we have what we call, I'm sorry, at the, in the 50s, you have what we call uh, Operation Lucky Dragon, which was also called Castle Bravo, which was kind of the American-Japanese attempt to handle the situation, where basically they dropped a bomb onto uh, Godzilla in one of the Mudos, one of the Shinomaros, which from what we've read, uh, took out one of them, However, it also empowered Godzilla enough to take out the second one. This is that everything took place before Kong Skull Island. So everybody's up to date. Everyone's good. You good, Celeste? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we'll catch back up on chat really quickly. Silcast Game says, uh, I only wa- I've, he only knows how to pronounce Ghidorah because he watched the first show era movie with King uh, Ghidorah. That's awesome. We're actually going to watch that later this week. I said that. Oh, yes, you did. I see that now. I've been keeping up with the chat <laughs> while you've been talking. You're the woman. Thank you. Uh, Sinner's Prayer, how's it going, brother? So glad to have you here, dude. Okay, so this now brings us up to Kong Skull Island, um, which is an entirely different experience, in my opinion, than some other stuff. It starts off in 1944, which is in the midst of everything we just explained to you guys. And... Um, it starts off with um, Hank Marlowe and a Japanese soldier falling from the sky, which, to be honest, was awkwardly funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was weird. the The humor in this movie is one of, that's kind of off. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny, but it's not your traditional humor. Exactly. Exactly. So they're falling from the sky, and then. As they're basically trying to kill each other, Kong shows up, which was 
epic, in my opinion. Yeah. What'd you think of that moment when you came up? Um, I th- I think it's I think epic is a good word for it. Um, it's also pretty funny. There's a few things that this go round. I was like, is that really how that would happen? <laughs> like when uh, the Japanese guy drops his knife. I'm like, would he really have dropped it in the ground, or would it have just like <laughs> fallen on the guy's neck? Right. Because that's kind of kind of well, he like picked it up. So I could see it falling on maybe his chest, right. but like to just fall to the ground, he had to have like taken his arm out and dropped it. <laughs> right. So we had that. And then what cuts away to right at the end of Vietnam. So we had this really huge span of time that takes place uh, between um, the start of the film, which was, the, was in the midst of World War II, to this portion right here. And they give you like a really brief recap. I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoyed um, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way that they do that, the way they show yeah. these images and stuff like that, like you feel like you're in some sort of secret briefing. Yeah. Uh, they do that with a, with all of the movies though. Like they kind of, of uh, hint at, at briefings or things, there's always something in the opening credits that you're like, I really need to pay attention to this. Absolutely. Uh, again, like we said, we're recording this live. John asked a great question. Was it really Kong or was it Kong's parents? It was actually Kong uh, in that uh, later. And we'll explain a little bit more of that later. But in some of the comics, they actually uh, talk about this moment, uh, about this, uh, the fight between Godzilla's, par- not Godzilla, oof, Kong's parents and, um, the skull crawlers. And so, yeah, it was actually his, it was actually Kong in that moment. I thought so, but I couldn't remember when that fell in the timeline. Mm-hmm. I am casting. What's up, sis? Glad to have you here, sis. <laughs> so, uh, we have this jump and the fact that it takes place around Vietnam, I think is interesting mm-hmm. because they, there are tropes of Vietnam films. Yeah. And the way they depict Vietnam that they really put into this. Oh Yeah. This easily, if you had taken out the giant monsters, could have been a traditional film in in that time frame. Right. Um, and so you have um, soldiers who are, they're about to go home. Yeah. I mean, they're literally, like, they're two days away from going home. And then they get called out for a last minute mission. Yeah. Which... Sports was supposed to just be an escort mission, which it was. Right. But it was kind of dumb. <laughs> like, I felt bad for these guys. I, I really did. did. I blame Samuel L. Jackson. Right. And the reason I blame why, Fury. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Fury's fault. It's always Fury's fault. But the reason why they have to do this is because Rhonda, who is... Help me, Rhonda. <laughs> Sorry. Who we discover was the only survivor from the Lawton experience. The Lawton incident that we talked about earlier in the show. His name wasn't Rhonda. Yeah, it was. That's his last name. Oh, that's not what they called him. I don't remember what they called him, but it wasn't Rhonda. I don't know. That's what his name was. (laughs) But um, he was the only survivor, and he's been obsessed with this whole situation. And so they've discovered this island, this mysterious island, that... um, Something strange is happening there, and they really believe this might be a source that they can they can deal with. Like they need to go and investigate. So they get this military escort. They go, and they have to fly through the craziest storm I've ever seen in my life. Right? Like that was an intense moment. 
I actually appreciated the the way they played it up with his, Samuel Jackson. His name was Randa. Randa, thank you. And so they fly through the storm, and and like you do, like let's set off death charges and blow up the island. <laughs> Legitimately, there was scientific reason for it. There was, there was. There's a thing called hollow earth theory, which is what they're running off of. Uh, that the earth is hollow and there possibly is something living underneath it. Mm-hmm. Like giant creatures. <laughs> and this is when Kong shows up. Which was interesting. <laughs> I, I That was probably one of my favorite portions. We're not going to get into all our favorites, I guess. But Kong shows up, they begin to fight, and then we have... Um, what I would call an Ahab moment. Um, yeah. Samuel Jackson's character is looking at Kong with, what would you describe it as? Um, hate is too small of a word. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was like a literally an Ahab and Moby Dick moment. Yeah. Like it was like he had found his nemesis. Mm. He had found his, his reason for being to destroy that thing. Right. It was like one final, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Well, and you had seen earlier in the show that he he was not happy with the end of the war. He did not want to go home. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I commented a couple times that he seemed very much like he was career military. Mm. And he didn't want to go back to an office. Right. Which is what a general would do in peacetime. Exactly. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to a, a vet recently. Um, when I, in preparation for the, uh, the episode I did with um, Nathan over at Monster Island Film Vault, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of mixed emotions about how the end of Vietnam went. Yeah. Um, there is some conversation that's taking place that actually we could have ended that. Like we were possibly months away, a couple months away from actually ending Vietnam and it being in our favor, basically. Yeah. Actually winning. I've heard that. But because of some of the political stuff that's taking place here and the disenfranchisement of everybody, it ended poorly. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, soldiers who came home from Vietnam were looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really sad. And um, there's a the, the those who served our country in that time frame. There's a there's a sadness for some of them, yeah, because of what they've been through and the way they were treated. I heard a, and I I don't know how true it is. Um, I heard a statistic, and I believe that the person who told it to me believes it to be true. Mm-hmm. I've not verified it, but that. The PTSD rate for Vietnam mm-hmm. is higher than any other war. Mm. The mental illness, the issues that come out of all of that right. is more for that war than any other. Even mm. even with documented case of um, what they call it, where it's not... What was the name for PTSD before they... Uh, shell shock. Yeah. Before they called it that and they called it shell shock... Um, and it, with going back and going, there were reports of this and this and this and counting all those numbers. Mm-hmm. There's still a bigger number for Vietnam because when they came home, so many people were upset about it mm. that they then faced even more trauma. Right. Man, 
so this is the mindset of these of the soldiers that are there. Yeah. Right. And then you have a couple of extra characters involved. Uh, you have um, a basically a mercenary mm-hmm. played by uh, what was his name again? Um, Loki. <laughs> yeah, played by Loki. Not Loki. Hang on, I have the IMD pulled it. IMDb. IMDb pulled up. <laughs> right. John, James Conrad. Yeah, James Conrad uh, was the character's name, and. Um, what was the Loki's actual name, though? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Thank you. Oh, Silkcast Gaming helping us out with that. Thank you so much, man. Um, so you have that hap- You have him. Then you have Brie Larson's character. Yeah. Uh, who is a anti-war photographer. Yeah. And um, obviously, just by nature of what she did, there's some animosity between her and the soldiers. Yeah. And, um, and then you have... Um, Corey Walken, Hawkins' character, which is a Brooks who is, uh, he actually came up with a theory of the Hollow Earth theory. Yes, which they reference in later movies. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Tian Jing, which I'm p- butchering her name, and she's another person who works for Monarch. <laughs> Casting is, is laughing at Loki. <laughs> so, Stokehouse Game says, so many Marvel actors in this film, movie, it could have been called Marvel versus Kong. This is a true story. <laughs> I had a moment when we were watching it because I saw Brie Larson in it. And again, I didn't, I, I was not a huge fan of Captain Marvel. I thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. She did okay. I think she could have done better, especially after seeing her again in this. Right. Because I really enjoyed her, her acting in this. Yeah, absolutely. So you have these characters, right? And what's interesting is after the crash, after the, the first encounter with Kong, you you have a split up into two parties. You have the party led by Tom Hiddleston, uh, Bree, and then they end up uh, meeting with John C. Riley, who uh, Cellcast Gaming I mentioned in our Discord that he really enjoy he kind of he really enjoyed that character. Hmm. And he brought up a great point that he brought up <laughs> he brought up it. It would have been great to actually have a film that was more about him and the Japanese soldiers surviving. Like, that would have been really fascinating. So, um, but they see a very different side of things. Like, they see the kinder side of the of the island, the kinder side of Kong. Uh, they discover that Kong has been on this island uh, forever, that his parents were uh, basically the protectors of the island against what we call, what they call the skull crawlers. But the big one is... Mm-hmm. Uh, killed Kong's parents. Um, leaving Kong as the final protector of the island. Yeah. And they are informed that Kong's the only one th- keeping these skull crawlers in the ground. Yeah. And they also said he is a baby. Yeah. Well, at least young. I don't know if it, a baby is right, but he's young oh. and he's still growing. I mean, he he's not he's not a baby. Right. But he's <laughs> he's not a full grown Kong. Right. So you have this character or you have this group, and then you have the other group, which is led by Samuel Jackson's character, um, which is Colonel uh, Packard, and he's leading he's leading his troops to war. Yeah, like he is out for war. And I, I'll say this: there was a great scene. Um, it was right after like they had this massive encounter with one of the Mudos. It was the Spider Mudo. Oh God, that one was terrible. I know, right? But there's a shock and all, and this is why I'm bringing it up because in that moment you see the shell shock. Mm-hmm. Like they are exi- they are doing a great job of showing what probably many of these soldiers went through 
during Vietnam itself and some of the encounters that they went through. Yeah. So the film does a really interesting job of framing the world of Vietnam between the music, um, the, the visual nods to Apocalypse Now, and just the way they do stuff. It's a great... Uh, a period piece. It's a science fiction period piece, mm-hmm. but it's a period piece. Yeah. I mean, it's a period piece with giant monsters. Right. So, obviously, they have to try to escape the island. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, Packard's out to kill Kong, which yeah. we know is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> he said something interesting near the end of the movie that... I could bring up now. Mm-hmm. I I can wait on it as well. But okay. As far as his motivation. Right. Let's go to wait till the end of that. Okay. Because we're just kind of talking about what the film's about. Because I don't want to get too many. There's spoilers going to come out uh, in this, by the way. Uh, we still want you guys to watch it um, just to make your own opinions about it. So you have these two tracks. I found that interesting. You have the two views on how the situation plays out, which to be honest, to me, really speaks to the two reactions of, hum- of mankind with this type of situation. Mm-hmm. And you see this play out even in um, in other films of got of this legendary series of the two mindsets of destroy it all or like the whoa, whoa, whoa pause. Let's this isn't all in wonder. We need to look at this. Yeah. So um, learn from this. Right. So the question becomes Celeste, do we need to finish do we need to tell everything about this film? Do we want to leave it like this? And because uh, we gave the basic premise of this movie. Yeah, I would say let's leave it. Okay. So let's leave it if we, after the break, if we bring up stuff that we liked, because I'm going to talk about at least one specific scene, mm-hmm. uh, two specific scenes, um, one a dislike and one a like. Right. But if we want to just leave it as is and then go on. All right. Well, we're going to do that. We're not going to give any, uh, too many spoilers. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about what we thought about the film. Mm-hmm. Like really, like did we like it? Do we not like it? Some of our fair parts, some stuff maybe we didn't care for, and then we're gonna give our final suggestion about the film. Yeah. So we'll see you guys right after these brief messages. Can you hear me now, Jimmy? Excellente! I've been waiting a long time for this. What was that? <sighs> yes, Jimmy. I'll mention you. As you always remind me, I'm contractually obligated to do so. We good? All righty then. Let's get this promo started. Hello, kaiju lovers. I'm Nathan Marchand, a professional writer and raging nerd. You might remember me from the Kaiju Vision radio podcast. Well, during my sabbatical to the Monsterland Resort to catch some rays and drink a few blue Hawaiians... I was hired as the curator of the Monster Island Film Vault, so I figured I might as well use the opportunity to make a podcast while I'm at it. I'll critically and academically analyze films from the kaiju and tokusatsu genres, in keeping with my philosophy of film appreciation, and have fun along the way. Each episode will feature members of my rotating roster of guest hosts, chosen from Monster Island's tourists, including John LeMay, Daniel DeManna, Ben Avery, and Nick Hayden. We'll walk through kaiju film history, starting with the granddaddy of all kaiju himself, King Kong! Yes, we'll be chronologically examining the eighth wonder of the world's filmography, culminating with his epic rematch against the King of the Monsters in 2020's Godzilla vs. Kong! Episodes will drop the second and fourth Wednesdays of every month, 
The first episode each month will be a full-length film discussion with The Tourist, where I share these amazing films with both newcomers to the genre and veteran fans. The second will be a mini-sode on a variety of topics, starting with audio essays on classic Toho tokusatsu films. So join me and my intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA, who miraculously survived the infamous war in space, as we embark on a new giant monster film journey starting September 2019. Check out our website, MonsterIslandFilmVault.com, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcatchers. The Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. How was that, Jimmy? What do you mean, it stinks? And we're back. Definitely go check out uh, those guys over at Monster Island Film Vault. Jimmy and and Nathan are pretty cool. Jimmy's been letting us walk our kaiju on the island. We appreciate that so much because while they are very happy and have a lovely space here on the ship, you know, fresh air is a good thing, <laughs> especially for, for creatures of this type. We try to not get in trouble with, with the people who protect animals. Yes. So... Um, if you're just joining us, not sure how, <laughs> you're just like jumping into the middle, skip all the beginning. Um, <laughs> we've been talking about Kong Skull Island. Yes. We gave a summation of the movie, and now we're going to talk about a few of our favorite things, maybe a few of our dislikes, and mm. if we generally recommend the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it, Celeste. What, what's something that you liked about the film? And before Celeste answered, chat, I want to encourage you guys, those of you watching us live, leave a comment in the chat. Let us know your favorite things. Like, what did you, what's your favorite parts of the movie? Maybe some stuff you didn't like about the movie, Kong Skull Island. We might be reading those. So, I, I just generally enjoyed the movie. Like, I enjoyed the storytelling. I enjoyed, I enjoyed oddly Brie Larson. Because, again, I didn't care for her in the only other movie I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to see more good things out of her. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that that was a bad script, mm-hmm. not bad acting. Um, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the Ahab part of it. Mm. The watching... Uh, I can't remember his name because I kept thinking about... Packard. Packard. Watching Packard descend into madness mm-hmm. of, of falling into that... Um, insanity. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. It was an ins- a form of insanity. And even getting to the point of where his men go, we, we can't do this. Right. It really was the, the, the insanity and the trauma that they, they expressed, mm-hmm. I think was really fascinating. Um, yeah. as we kind of talked about in the front, I think it really hammers home the trauma that, uh, the men and women who serve our country, have been through and go through at times. Um, these guys have been through war and now they're experiencing something massive. Like for Packer, like he's like, I'm still, he's still in the, he's still in the war. Yeah. Like he's, he's still there and he doesn't know how to deal with that. So it's a, it's a relatively intense moment going on here. And, um, so yeah, that's a great, great thing. Um, it's, it's a sad thing, but it's a great way that they expressed it. It was a great showing of it because it made you think. Because mm-hmm. you and I weren't around during that time frame. No, we were not that we, old. We were not there. We didn't know people. 
I mean, we may know people now, mm-hmm. but we're so far removed that we don't really know what it was like for them. Right. So I think they did an excellent job of showing that in a science fiction world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I know for me, um, I really appreciated the uh, the cutaways to using Bree's camera yeah. to depict these moments. Um, I love photography to begin with, and I love seeing pictures, especially candid pictures from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it really, those pictures seem to capture those moments. It's somebody looking through a lens, capturing things. Like even when they're, she, they're in that, um, that village of the people. Yeah. And she's having this small, in the midst of the chaos, she's finding something beauty. Yeah. Something wonderful. And it was a, I think it was a really interesting way of highlighting the moments, even the intense, scary moments. Like there was that scene where, um, uh, Kong is fighting the massive skull crawler mm-hmm. and she's trying to line up a shot. And the fact that it's framed it in this space, I think made that moment more intense. Mm. And um, I don't remember that scene. It was right before he grabbed her. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize she was trying to line up a shot. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, but that whole. That whole thing of cutting away to an old film reel mm-hmm. or to uh, using the, the the view of the camera was fascinating to me the entire time through. Especially the there was a couple times where they did it where they would show what she was seeing and then they would fade the color. Because mm-hmm. In the 70s, it was still mostly black and white photos. Right. So the fading to what it looked like on film right. was fascinating to me as well. Absolutely. Like it, just, it was a very... That aspect of it was very artistic. Right. So, um, like I said, that was just a really fascinating thing. I also liked um, the character, Hank Marlowe. Like, that dude was just fascinating. Which one was he? He was the uh, the crazy old man. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the crazy set. We found this crazy Santa Claus guy. <laughs> crazy Santa Claus time traveler. Right. He, it was, I, what I loved about his character was the, because he's so removed, mm-hmm. like they're trying to catch him up and let him know what's going on. But, and it's like I said, uh, Drew from the Cellcast in our Discord is posted up because I like John C. Riley almost to the point that I wish there was a movie about him and uh, Gunpei surviving on the island. That would make a fantastic film or series or, or a book series. I don't know if there's been a book about that yet, but that would be really fascinating and seeing how they, they grow. I could even see it as a short, mm. like just a short clip of watching them through the years. And I think there may have been something to that effect that I've seen, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, another interesting thing, which... We're, we're not sure if this is an actual nod. There are a lot of nods to other Godzilla movies and Kong movies. Yeah. Uh, the Wanderer is a nod to uh, the original Godzilla or King Kong movies, uh, which was the, the Wanderer was the big ship that, that had landed oh, yeah, yeah. at least 10 years before Hank had gotten there. But there was a there's a fight between Godzilla, or not Godzilla, oof, Kong and a squid. Yes. And uh, that we're, 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 we're guessing we're guessing was a nod to 
the fight between King Kong and an actual squid in the original uh, Kong versus Godzilla film. Yeah, because well, because we had just we've just recently watched it. Yes, and uh, it, to be honest, it was a much better fight than, than the original one. Well, yeah, <laughs> CGI goes a long way. That oh. other one, they were trying to make the squid look super big, and you're just like watching a squid walk on land, and you're like, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Still coming. It was wild, though. When I appreciated the detail when Kong in this film stepped on the squid's head. And, and all the ink swished just, out. Yeah. Like, that was a great detail. And then he's just like... Like, Nom. he's biting on the limbs like it's beef jerky. He's like, mmm, calamari. I mean, he was hungry. I, he was. <laughs> He'd been hurt. <laughs> and it attacked him. <laughs> so he said, nom, 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 nom. Mm-hmm. So um, another thing, while we're, because it kind of leads into it, the humor in this. Oh, yeah. Was interesting. It was, again, it was that real sarcastic humor that that I think is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of, kind of like, not like Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide, but kind of like Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm. It's the humor of when you're in a situation that you either have the choice to cry <laughs> or laugh. Right. And so you make jokes and laugh. Right. It's that type of a humor. All right. So those are some of the things that we liked. Was there anything else, Celeste, you liked about the film you wanted to mention? Um. It, Tom Hiddleston did a really good job of acting, mm-hmm. um, which was nice to see. Because, again, with him and and Samuel L. Jackson and Brie Larson, it kind of made you go, now how is this going to fit into the MCU with, mm. with them? But he really did. <laughs> the MCU? Well, at first when they're all three just chilling, I'm like, how does this fit into the MCU? Because Brie Larson's this photographer, not Captain Marvel. Um, but he did a really good job of playing a different character. You know, that is one of the things you worry about with actors is like, can they play a character that's not the same character? Like there's some people like it's the same character in every film, no matter what they do. He does a really good job of being different. every time I see him, he does. And you know, for those that, that don't do different as long as they admit that they can't do different and they go, go with the roles. Right. I mean, it's still good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Celeste. So come down to final thoughts. Is this movie worth watching? Like, like we're going through the entire franchise. Yeah. Of the legendary franchise. We're yeah. doing that. Yeah. But is it worth it for the people listening to this podcast? Is it worth it for our friend Casting, who has yet to see this, to watch Kong Skull Island? I would say if you enjoy big monster movies, then yes. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it even without... I, I'm not as big of a fan of the kaiju as you are, mm-hmm. but I still enjoy the movie. It's a good story. Yeah. Um, the human elements were good. Human elements were good. There was only one scene where the CGI was a little rough. A little wonky. <laughs> Not sure what was happening with that one. Um, and the monster fight was great. The monster fights were great. So it, and then the colors were beautiful. As mm-hmm. well. Like it's a pretty movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say yes. All right. I'm going to also vote yes. Like I think it was a solid film. It was interesting. Um, People who went into watching it, I don't think um, 
unless you just understood what you were watching, caught on the front end that it was a Godzilla film. Um, but unless you under unless you saw Godzilla and you knew what Monarch was, I don't think they caught it. Well, it came out after the 2014 movie, mm-hmm. so I think that people who had watched that movie knew. Mm-hmm. Well, like whenever they did when they first came out, I'm gonna be completely transparent. I didn't realize it was part of that franchise. I thought like, oh, they did King Kong, sweet. I didn't realize it connected uh, well, until a couple years later. Nobody really knew it connected until. Um, until the very, very end, because in the cave art, it sets up uh, King of the Monsters and the movie that hasn't come out yet. Right. Well, but to be fair, though, they did mention uh, Monarch several times. So, again, if you knew what Monarch was. Yeah, if you knew what Monarch was. But just from the it. previews, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm not a huge King Kong fan. Yeah. That's which, which is why I kind of avoided it. But I would say don't sleep on this. Yeah. Like, this was a good film. Like for the, like I said, it's a great sci-fi period piece. Yeah. Especially if you have, um, we, we own it, but we watched it on HBO Max Mm -hmm. just because our Blu-ray player is currently in our office because it's the PS4 player. (laughs) So (laughs) we watched it on HBO Max. Um, so it, it's available to you if you already have that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, oops, so Cass is saying, uh, I knew it was connected because I stay on the internet too much. <laughs> totally get that, my man. All right, guys. Well, that's our kind of our final vote on Kong Skull Island. Uh, we like it. It was a good movie. And we encourage you guys to go check it out. Um, and I want to remind you, if you want a more in-depth conversation where, I mean, there's, it's in-depth conversation with my friend Nathan over at the Monster Island Film Vault. Go check out Monster Island Film Vault. Yes. And, uh, and listen to his podcast. Uh, where he and I talk about it, um, buckle up, and because you are in for a knowledge drop in your head. I mean, there's so much. Nathan has so much information. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it comes from or how he does it, but he just does so much. And uh, so, go check out that podcast. Um, but for us here at Geek Devotions, um, let's let's do this. Uh, out of five kaiju slus, how would you rate it? I, uh, five, four. Four kaiju? Five, four kaiju. Four kaiju. And a partridge in a hair tree. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to give it a four also. So for here at Geek Devotions, unanimous four out of five kaiju with a side of partridge in a pear tree. There you go. All right. So, Celeste, let's take this home. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love. <laughs>